Oh my god. Where did, where is this year gone? <laughs> like I have no idea. Yes. You I mean it, it's going to be probably March 2020 by the time you listen to this episode. Hey, there's really Burn. no there's there's really no need for that. Why? Really you need no to put this on the episode um and apologize to your listeners. Yeah, we've been I guess I've been a little lax. The heat was shaking her head instantly so for feedback rigorously yeah so uh yeah it's been it's been my fault i get it we've been a little lax but we're trying to keep our schedule going i the word is i not we no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast except chirag In case you're just tuning in, this is the two vegans, and if you haven't guessed already, I'm Trag, and I'm Heedal. And today we are going to be talking about something that a lot of people are talking about: the game changers. Yeah. Yay, so yay. So for those of you who don't know, um, the game changers is a documentary. It's out on Netflix. If you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend that you do. But we'll talk more about that. Um, and it's a it's a documentary that's focused uh, primarily around athletes. um and sport endeavors and and everything in in that in those respects uh but uh let's get started by talking do you want to do you want to do like initial impressions first like what did you feel so i thought firstly it was a very very well made documentary um i'm kind of on the fence whether i should be very excited or whether i should be a little bit sad um it actually caters to people's needs of turning vegan for themselves rather than the environment and the animals so that kind of hurts me a little bit i'm going to be honest um and i know this is not a very popular opinion but it is what it is but i'm also quite excited that because that is the norm um these people have quite hit it on the right spot with this topic um it speaks about everything right from strength energy levels protein intake um animal agriculture just just everything has been fit into this one beautiful package i did think it was really well made it was very watchable for me it was like a, i felt like it was a very easy watch like i did i didn't feel uh it didn't feel like it was very intense i didn't feel like you know i was being bombarded with uh, i don't know information that was going to not only just upset me but also just tax me as a person as something to watch so i think it was very easy to watch they i think when we'll talk about it a little bit uh, the way they told the story and the way they unfolded the information i think was very very well done which i think allows for us to be like you can relax and watch it but you can gain so much like coming from it as well um and i'm glad that they have had a strong support from a lot of producers there's jackie chan there is um who else is there so there's james cameron obviously quite a noted noted filmmaker uh but arnold schwarzenegger who was uh, who also played a played a bit of a role in the documentary itself has produced it you've got lewis hamilton who was also on it uh novak djokovic who is a uh, you know uh, quite a leading tennis player and uh quite a big advocate for plant based diets just in general anyway he talks about it in in interviews and other things as well so we have a lot of athletes who who are part of the production including james wilkes who, who pretty much narrates um and takes you through the documentary yeah and i guess just towards the fag end of the episode they they did speak of um animal agriculture but that was just a little bit that wasn't the driving factor of the show right as you mentioned it was uh it was athlete it was health um so we've got documentaries obviously for animal cruelty and the environment such as cowspiracy and uh, this is i guess the first one that actually touches upon the health aspect of veganism so i guess we we're all covered now 
so yeah so that's what i think i think i think uh, it is literally the game changer in the vegan world right now and uh, well done to them keeping in this uh, in the same tone as well i think one of the things that was interesting for me i watched i, I watched this documentary much later than a lot of people i mean it's been out for a little while um but i've heard about this documentary a lot right and i've heard about this documentary a lot not just from vegans but actually for one of the first times from a lot of non vegans um and rather not just non vegans but like meat eaters right having watched it and actually being quite affected by it uh which i thought was really interesting because i i had received a lot of comments from people and i was taking those comments into watching it right so i was constantly kind of looking at the way they structured that story and the way they talked about it because i know that is it has actually genuinely impacted a lot of meat eaters in what they're doing because now they've made it personal yeah so on that point i had somebody on my facebook um hardcore beef eater um made fun of vegans all the time made these jokes about how vegans eat grass and they never get the nutrients and um you know what he he just he had his idea of some animals that are pets and need to be and he because he was also rescuing cats and dogs um reaches out to me and says hey i know you're vegan can you help me i just watched this documentary and i want to be vegan and i am absolutely shocked about uh, uh whatever i have seen and i said yeah sure i mean <laughs> i don't know anything about nutrition so it would be best if you consult a nutritionist um but um yeah then i obviously guided him to a lot of uh, local uh resources on how he could go vegan and so on and he said can you come shopping with me and i said yeah sure let's do right. that i mean right. you know i can i can just show you around and so that it's easier for you it's not it's not hard at all right so um i mean i was i was very pleasantly surprised because that guy was somebody that could have probably taken years to even kind of acknowledge the fact that okay no you know beef is not life uh but this one documentary just changed him overnight and he's he's pretty um hell bent and quite at it because he's like my wife is making fun of me now but uh, he's like I, i i don't care i still want to do this so help me and i'm like yeah okay sure so uh, yeah so like you said you know i'm 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 seeing a lot of mention of this documentary as well amongst my friends and other people who did not quite understand veganism at first but now they're like okay you know if we're going to die then we better turn into vegans right now Yeah and I think um you know we've seen this we've we've been doing this for a little while both from the podcast but also just in our general lives that we we and we've talked about this so many times right about the disconnect that people face from where their food comes from and we think animal cruelty is something that people should it should switch people's on like uh, on like a little light bulb like the moment they see it but actually that's not what really happens and we've seen that in real life right we've seen tons of people who be like yeah okay I know that they're dying but what am I going to do um whereas here i think because because they turned the story they made it personal they talked about your health the fact that you are having a better quality of life even if you're eating unhealthier plant based foods right uh, even then your quality of life is going to be better uh than a pure meat diet or a very heavy meat diet um i think it just suddenly t- starts to turn the tables on people's own quality of life and i we all know by the way that we are all living in a generation that's not the most healthy if you look at just general averages and uh when you look at diseases that are related to it whether it's blood pressure diabetes or or um, cholesterol and all the related things around that we've seen it's very high every it's affecting everybody right um so i think that that's why i think this really has resonated with people rather than the shock and awe thing that most documentaries will be like look at how the animal is dying like how does it not move you 
And I mean, I, I completely understand. I know it works for some people. I do think that it doesn't work for some, and I think this is the way to address that. It's nice when Hitali agrees with me entirely and doesn't have anything to argue. We're like, no, but... I never argue with you. What are you talking about? We were arguing we wouldn't have run this show for two years now. We recently had our anniversary, and you missed wishing me. This is our anniversary episode. Happy anniversary. Yeah, I did. Happen! Happen! Oh, no. Oh, my my God, that's back. (laughs) It never went. It never (laughs) left us. Oh, no, that's back. Um, When is it, by the way? I think it's the 17th. When you were talking about diabetes and all those things, uh, within the documentary, he also actually shows um, issues close to his home, which is his father who's now like a 65, 70-year-old uh, guy um, with a heart disease. And there's a beautiful point that he makes that just because in the past your parents or your ancestors died of heart disease, diseases does not mean that you have to. And it, it struck me because all this while everyone talks about genetics, everyone talks about family health and, you know, history and things like that. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, because my grandfather had a heart disease... I will most definitely have it as well. And we just think like that, but nobody goes an extra mile to think, why did that happen? You know, what was it then? Um, Because science, technology, everything has developed so much, right? So what made my grandfather have a heart disease and why why is it so necessary that I will definitely have it? People are just blindly like, okay, if if they had it, I will definitely have it. And that particular statement, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I mean... um, Unfortunately, I have Parkinson's in my uh, family history, uh, and I'm constantly scared. Right? I'm 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 very worried, um, and uh, I I feel like you know, everyone says genetics, so I'll also probably get it. But I just may not if I if I work on myself now, um, at my age, when I'm sixty, I most likely will not have it rather than have it. You know, and food is such a huge part of what your life will be. Um, so, so I guess that was, that was really good that he showed somebody from his own family and showed their transition. Obviously it wasn't a very longer transition. His father has just probably turned more plant-based, uh, than a meat eater, but also he's managed to convince somebody who has these age old tradition culture of eating meat. Um, and it was very beautifully shown how they're sitting around the dining area and the mother is like taking notes of the ingredients that she now needs to have in the house and she's replacing the beef with the tomatoes. Um, and the father's like, okay, fine, you know, let me just try it anyway. What's what's the harm? And he does. It would be good to have a part two to see how his father gets along. Yeah, and I think uh, it's, it's so important, like you said, right? Like, we again, it's these age-old norms you're just told. I think it's also an easy out, right? Like, if you have a cholesterol problem or you get diabetes, you just turn around and you're like, yeah, well, you know, it's in my family. What am I going to do? And you can continue eating crap. Um, so definitely, I mean, I think there are a lot of studies even already today that show that there's a direct correlation with the food. I mean, they, they highlighted many of them. So even if you look at things like cancer and stuff, I mean, there's a lot of uh, conversation and, and discussion around the fact that cancer has its roots in the ki- what we're putting into our bodies. Now, some of it is not entirely in our control, which is part of the problem in terms of some of the um, additives and things that are that are in there. We have we've seen sort of links to these sort of chemical uh, uh, chemicals in our food whether they're done for taste additives. or they're done for, uh, yeah, additives, but even otherwise, um, that are kind of being linked to it and all that. But there is definitely a, a correlation of some kind, and I think it's so important that we start to realize that. Um, again, and across many people, 
uh, not just his father, but even himself and others, they kind of show that, you know, switching to a plant-based diet, what it has done for their lifestyle, what it has done for them in terms of how they are, um, you know, just generally, just general health-wise, right? What it has been doing for them for the last few years. So we had that, uh, you know, that trainer who switched to a plant-based diet and he's been doing it for, I think, four or five years now and he's recommending it to everybody. And and then he was, you know, he was saying that he had this 20-year-old guy and him kind of doing an endurance test and him being outlasting this very, very, what, what should be a much younger, fitter person um, just on the grounds that he's like, you know, and I know this has a lot to do with what I'm eating. Um, so which brings us to, I think, that that point where, they, where he talks about the effect of just the one plant-based meal, which I think is really interesting. Uh, so we, we've just been talking about like the sort of the longer term uh, benefit, right? But it, they had a couple of places where they kind of scientifically showed what just change, just having one plant-based meal does to things like your bloodstream, right? So I think, and again, there's, you know, it's so relatable because you kind of, they kind of distill something that I think is a big concern for a lot of people to be like, well, I can't be 100% vegan, right? And of course, the documentary makes a larger purpose to be like, that's fine. Start somewhere. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself is like, well, do it one day a week and, and go from there. Uh, but I think it was so interesting that he was, they were showing that one meal can have such an, impact not only to you as, a, as an athlete and your ability to endure sports but just what it does to your bloodstream and you know, they showed the coagulation of thing compared to one day before one day after one meal and one meal and i think that that itself can, is so hard hitting right because it's like you know we're not talking about changing everything but if you try to incorporate one every one meal that you incorporate instantly there is a difference yeah that was my favorite part of the show by the way the entire blood test and of course there was um the part on the masculinity that we can speak about in a bit. Yeah, I think it deserves its own section, yeah. Yeah, sure. but I mean, obviously, we, we're no scientists or we're no doctors, right? So, But we still go out and there we understand the basics of, okay, eating meat could clog your arteries. And, but we've always read these things, right? We've not quite seen it. Um, and that that scene particularly blew my mind because now I was actually seeing the difference, right? And that's evidence at its very, very core. You cannot deny that. You cannot... Um, and the, those people who agreed to get experimented on have also mentioned that nothing else has changed except just their meal in one night. And you could actually see what people are putting in their bodies. And it's not it's not false. You know, you read a lot of stuff on social media and everyone else is like, oh, this is vegan propaganda and so on. But no, it is actually true. And you're seeing evidence right over there so that that particularly just blew my mind and um i guess it also kind of empowers us vegans who um are sitting and debating with non-vegans on why this is good for your health to actually have a reference point and be like okay you know you can go back and look what it actually does to your blood or what it actually does to your penis or whatever um so i i, I really like that part yeah, and I think even at the end when he's kind of discussing the results and stuff, he does say, right, he's like, look, this is not a scientific study at the end of the day. I mean, we need to do that across thousands and thousands of people. But the important thing is we just wanted to be able to show you as athletes, you three that are in the room with us right now, what it does to you. And I mean, you know, in the first sample that they had, the three people, one of them was actually, he was already plant-based. And so he had two meals plant-based and his blood was pretty much the same, whereas there was a stark contrast for the other two. And I think it's so important to kind of start to understand that because it's it's something this is as you mentioned this is the thing that gets debated so much right you'll be like okay well you're not uh, getting enough this and getting enough that and and all of these different conversations but as you can just prove that and I, I think this that that message is so important that even one meal starts to have an impact on your on your body 
uh, which, I mean, as we, we talked about, and I think this is a, a very important part because this is the part I've heard a lot about, and we talked about the masculinity angle of, of how they sort of showcase this. Um, now, for those of you who haven't watched it, I mean, there are female athletes that are featured as well. It's not, it's not that that's not the case. Very few, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's this was, uh, that's what I was going to say. Like, Sadly. So, sorry. Sadly, very. Yeah, but I think uh, so. The, I think proportionally, yes, it wasn't it wasn't an equal equal representation. But but I think partly was also I think the larger message that they were trying to drive was towards men. Uh, I do believe so because it was very focused on on that. Um, which I think is super interesting from the point of view of just the way they wanted to communicate that. Now, across the across the documentary, they talk about multiple places where this applies, right? They talk about toning and physique and, and muscle building and all of this. But of course, we continue the story about the same researcher kind of doing the secondary test, uh, you know, it had to do with a thing that is very masculine, very... Um, I want uh, very masculine, but also very sexual, right? In terms of its, uh, in in terms of monitoring uh, health of their erections, like overnight after a plant-based dinner versus a, an animal-based dinner, and I think that's why I feel like you know that the fact that they focused on that, um, it kind of tells me that a, a, as a larger picture, they were really trying to hit on uh, the masculinity. Um, Athlete, men need to be like this. And they talk about that even on the food side, right? Like, look at all the marketing that shows, like, eat meat like a man, like, and all of those sort of um, stereotypes that have been developing over the years. And I think that's why the, the documentary was targeted in the way it was, which then would um, be one of the reasons why they didn't focus so much on the um, on women athletes in, in general, although there were a few. Yeah, and I, I see why there would be fewer, because statistically, I'd reckon there would be more female vegans than male vegans for this precisely this reason right um meat for the longest number of years now has been um marketed as being masculine barbecues are something that guys get together and do um you know fishing and all these things so uh, I, I was quite amazed at all the um ads that they showed from the past of mcdonald's and burger kings and just saying that okay be a man eat meat like you mentioned and you're just like, what? Um, and at the end of the day, your food habits are driv driven by marketing gimmicks all around, right? And the more we progress in technology and in life, the more it is driven by social media, by influencers, by just ads, by brands. You're constantly, constantly brainwashed in society. Not, not only just for your food habits, but the majority of it comes on the food habits, right? Um, and then this, uh, they they obviously interview this doctor. I don't I don't have the name of him now, but he mentions that for him masculinity is uh, basically endurance, sexual prowess, fertility. Right? If if you're looking at it from that aspect, on how much of a man are you? Um, and then, like you mentioned, then they transition into having another another test. Um, over three guys and their frequency of erections and the hardness of the erections and it's shocking like one of the guys had 500% more frequency of erections like in it one was night. An improvement, yeah, in yeah, one night. But yeah, 500%, right? Now, of course, people will come back and debate and say that, oh, okay, but this was just one night, it could have been anything, but um, the fact is that at this stage, this is the experiment, the experiment has been done on their plant-based meal and these are the results that you've shown. Right. So people are obviously welcome to do this experiment on themselves. Uh, uh, let's be honest, like men talking about sex and men talking about the fact that they're good in bed and, and all of those things that come around that 
yeah, is is this sign of masculinity, right? As you mentioned, the guy actually explicitly states so, but it's just one of those things where, you know, you be an athlete, you look a certain way, you have this good physique, um, you work out and build muscle and, and so on and so forth. And then, you know, as a result, you not only are you more attractive, but you're the one that's going to be like phenomenal in bed or whatever that. So by, by really sort of hitting um, or talking about that, talking about that thing in particular, I think it's just something that will hit home. It may not be something that gets discussed a lot, but I think any guy watching that will kind of sort of just for at least two minutes rethink what the hell he's eating, um, even if it's just his dinner, right? Like, because it's just, it's so, it's such a contrast. Uh, you know, nearly 20, I think 15 to 20% improvement in the, the health of the erection, I think it was. And then, but the, like, between 400, 300 to 500% improvement in the in the longevity of it and, and how many they had and, and all of that. And I think that that's something that like, like, like I said, you know, every guy, like it's, it's the, this is the locker room joke of talking about that kind of stuff. And so I think that's why it will hit really, really hard because it's something that you, you sort of turn around and go like, wait a minute, like one meal of meat can reduce this by 300, 400, 500%, which is a lot. And just besides that, the other argument that you get from men um, in this masculinity um, section is about man boobs and hormones. And that's what they cover, right? They talk about, um, and I've received it a lot personally when I'm sitting on uh, at my work table eating lunch. I told you, right, in one of the episodes I, had, I did mention every other lunch day is discussing my veganism people are just fascinated they want to make fun they want to make jokes and feel good about themselves and so on and every time i've heard about soy estrogen man boobs and so on and this um documentary also speaks about that and says that soy basically has phytoestrogen which is not the same as estrogen and in fact what was interesting for me was that the phytoestrogen actually blocks out regular estrogen from entering your body so it is kind of more beneficial not only that it just exists and doesn't do anything but it is actually beneficial to fight the estrogen that would cause man boobs in your body and this is what dairy does right um it's milk for another mammal completely that you're drinking uh, and it obviously has different kinds of hormones and different kinds of estrogens on it that is not meant for human beings um, and I guess that's where you get your man boobs from so that was I wish they would have delved a little bit more into it um, and this this entire documentary in general spoke a lot about meat but barely about dairy so I wish that they had spoken a little bit more and this was a good opportunity to speak more in detail about it but uh, anyway um, I'm glad that they did um, speak about it a little bit so, um, I, yeah, so that that's another myth debunked. I think this is one of those things where, look, at the end of the day, I think we all so, at least sort of or should understand that processed food, just about any kind of processed food, there is a there is an amount of, uh, th there are certain problems that come with it anyway. Uh, we may still want to eat it, we may still want to do, but that's different, but like that, there's always going to be a problem there. Um, when it comes to, I think, uh, soy and soy products, I mean, there, there's already been, I think, over the years, just because of all these uh, conversations around estrogen in particular, um, that there's always been this sort of differentiation that's already started happening, which is processed soy products, stay away from, uh, but, you know, decent tofu or tempeh. tempeh, edamame, and all of those things being good ways to, to sort of get the protein uh, without the harmful effects of processing. So, of course, 
processing and stuff. I know I, I, I do know, by the way, and I've, I felt this just as a, and again, this is purely anecdotal, it's not scientifically researched. But I, have, I know because I used to drink a lot of soy milk at some point, um, and I definitely did not feel good. Right? It, was, it was causing problems for me. I was feeling lethargic. I was feeling other things. And actually just cutting out soy milk solved that for me, personally. So that's why generally I tend to avoid soy milk now because um, I, do, I don't feel like it agrees with me so well. Right? But for sure, I would imagine that if it was fresher soy milk, less processed, not necessarily bottled and packaged and sent to me, it may not necessarily be the same thing. So it was super interesting chemically to understand that uh, it's not so much that just soy products are not what is going to kill you. It's the same story as has always been the case, which is processed food is going to turn out to be crap anyway. Conor McGregor, who's shown to kind of be this guy who's like, oh, I eat steaks for lunch and dinner, and he's Irish, and uh, he's, he's all about give me my beef and give me my meat for protein. The, everyone else who does not eat meat is a complete sissy and he's not man enough to fight me in the ring and things like that he's in this press conference and he has a fight with Nate Diaz right and he he makes all these lion jokes and oh I'm so strong and you're a gazelle and you can never beat me kind of things and the guy is just quietly listening he's obviously irritated by the way uh, McGregor is speaking with him right but he's just he's just quiet he's like yeah okay fine I'll show you um, and of course the fight happens and guess who loses uh, so McGregor has obviously lost right and he has he can't show face to the same press conference now so he's like yeah uh, I felt a little low on energy and it must probably be all the steaks that I've been eating so um, it, it, it's it's amazing how uh, so wh- sorry it, it, this is funny right so at the ring when he's announced the winner um, the guy's like so how do you feel about it he's like I'm not surprised <laughs> right <laughs> and uh, and then at the best press conference McGregor's like it's probably all the stakes so, um, so it's it's kind of nice to see that he recognizes why it happened no, you know what was interesting by the way it, it, it actually went I think one of the reasons why he realized that is because he was touting the fact that before his fight he was eating steak for two weeks Right? That was all of his meals. Like so, the, I think, and that's why it was this this recon- this realization because yeah. not only was he doing that so much, but he was also like he made it the whole point of this like rivalry with him and everything, uh, which is why I think that that's why you you um, as you mentioned, I think that's why he realizes that almost instantly that yeah, shit, but, it must have been all the steaks I've been eating. Um, now, whether he actually converted or whether he realized or whether he just blamed it on the quality of the meat is is another matter entirely. But I think, which is something Tatiana mentioned also, is like this, this endurance thing is actually really, is, is something, by the way, which I didn't realize people are really concerned about. So a lot of people, I mean, all through multiple athletes on the documentary talk about the fact that their ability to train has improved much like their ability to also be out and do things. I mean, we had this guy who was scaling this massive hike and he did it three hours ahead of a world record just because he was able to, you know, his his recovery was so much better uh, than everybody else. I heard this from people as well to say, yeah, one of the things that has definitely happened as someone who works out and works out really much is the amount of time it takes me to recover from one of these intense sessions is actually a lot shorter ever since I've been on a plant-based diet. And I think that that is something that they were highlighting strongly, but it's also... It's also something that I'm hearing now from people that actually it matters a lot to them. The fact that they're not able to go back and train and not able to wake up the next, I mean, go in the next day and get back to it, which is something that has started to improve. So even James Wilkes, you know, as he's talking about his story, about the fact that he can go through this, ro- uh, uh, what is it called? The rope, 
charging. I forget what it's called, but but you know the fact that he's able to do this for an hour compared to 10 minutes. Now, of course, it's not like it happened overnight. It obviously took time. But again, it goes back to endurance and the ability to be fit, not just be fit and lead a healthy lifestyle, but also be able to endure and you push your body to do more because your recovery is so much better than when you're not. Uh, yeah, and I guess one important point that they make over there, you, you hear a lot of people going off carbs these days, right? Because they think that, okay, and they're, they're then switching on just to protein and hardcore protein all the time. So um, they're not eating any carbs. But one, one point that they make over there is that carbs is actually essential for all the energy that you have in your body. They are the ones that turn, that, uh, turn the glycogen into energy and help you. And that's what mcgregor did not do he was just eating hardcore protein um animal protein which also may or may not be debatable uh, the right kind of protein right for his body um and he's he's obviously not eating the carbs but protein is required for the strength of your body and carbs are required for the energy so sometimes it's a, it's a little bit frustrating when um i see people going on diets and they're like completely stopped carbs and i'm like you fifth grade biology right you carbs are essential to your body they are most of your body like you cannot you cannot it's like stopping drinking water i feel um and i'm just like okay fine so all these uh, it, it was kind of like a bit of a slap on the ketogenic that's the one that asks yeah, you they, to, they talk about uh, they, they did they did mention the keto diet actually yeah. yeah so that's very subtly kind of like okay that that's just a lot of boo hockey and uh <laughs> you were really dying to use that word were you <laughs> yeah so that was that was quite interesting i've learned a lot from this um even though i don't need to uh, convince myself to go vegan but i think this was really really informative this entire so i think that that's uh, that's the thing that uh that struck me as well right like i had heard so much about it before i before i watched it watching it knowing a lot of the stuff about the fact that actually this is this is a healthier way to to eat and healthier things to put in your body um, but still having so, something to take away from it, right? Uh, be something to learn, something to realize, something new. I mean, whether we talk about the estrogen or we talk about, as in the, the soy milk stuff, whether we talk about, uh, like I said, for me, I, I didn't feel like it was an intense feel, but I still learned a lot, right? I learned a lot about some of, uh, I mean, I learned a lot about the stories of some of the athletes, which was nice to hear. Uh, but I also learned a lot about in terms of just facts and other things that I think are, are, are an important aspect to all of this. Uh, you know, I think even scientifically now, just in the community in general, there is a lot of conversation around diets not being good, right? Which is something that like in just 10 years ago, it was like every diet. And even even like two or three years ago, there was a one new diet coming out and saying, we're going to get rid of this food group now. And we're going to start this. And we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. And I think that's it's so important. I mean, we've learned, as you mentioned, you know, from how long ago that at the end of the day, you know, a well-balanced diet is the right diet to have now. Um, everybody's lifestyles are different. I mean, the the more rigorous, the more athletic, or the ones who are training for things. Yeah, you you have to adjust that too. I don't think you you can just say, you know, equal proportions of everything. Of course not. But I think it's it's so important to realize that carbs are actually essential for you. Uh, protein helps you build muscle, but it's carbs that actually, you know, uh, help your energy levels. Um, and it's something that I have learned the hard way, by the way, because I have been on those diets. By the way, there have been there have been times when you know in in the Initially, in a bit to lose weight, but just I landed up feeling better. Um, I, I started cutting out all the carbs wherever I could. I mean, not not all the time, but wherever I could. And I realized um, after a while that my energy levels started dropping, right? Um, so I was feeling better in terms of just general well-being, but I couldn't like 
I couldn't get through a day uh, without feeling exhausted. And then, you know, slowly, slowly started working it out and realizing that my problem wasn't carbs, it was processed carbs, right? So I was eating like crap bread, primarily, which was, you know, or, or whatever, like processed tortilla wraps and other things related to that, that was actually the problem. So by reintroducing decent carbs, so now I generally tend to eat, say for example, things like sourdough and stuff, which A, being vegan, but also being, um, generally most sourdough is not stored for so long, it's freshly made and therefore it's a little bit better and there's a science to why sourdough is better than, than other stuff and, and all of that. But I realized that, that actually that was one of the problems. So today, I, by the way, I know for a fact, on a day when I'm, my energy is low, I will go for the carbs right away. Like I won't even think twice about it. Uh, but I've done that, where I've actually gone out and s sought out things that I would normally be like, wow, why should I eat this? Oh my God, like my diet is going to get affected now. But instead, actually realizing that actually if I have uh, half-decent quality bread or or even even fries for that matter in those moments, like my energy level just really kicks off and I can get through the rest of the day. Yeah, and that's what naturally your body craves, right? When you're just tired and you just want some energy and you're like, okay, what should I eat for dinner? The first thing I think of is pasta. Or, or you're it's drunk and your body's craving energy yeah, again. It's but, always, but but it's, it's the same. It's the same philosophy, by the way. The reason yeah. you think of fries and pizza uh, when you're having a, a late night is because of that. Because your body's like, hey, I'm kind of like feeling dehydrated and low in energy. Sort me out, dump carbs in me, and I'll feel better. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the vegan Hulk that they show in this movie. Patrick Bubumi. Yeah, I love his beard. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan of his beard. Um, never seen anything like that before so that's one <laughs> I just wanted to say that and get it out of the way um, but I, I think one good thing that they showed in this documentary is okay fine yeah there are athletes there are runners there's that what about strength what about bodybuilding what about weightlifting and things like that and then they show this dude and it, it's quite cool right they show him like overturning an entire car um, and just picking up I don't know, like crazy uh, amount of weight. Um, and his all his t-shirts have gorillas on them, right? And it says beast mode on and it says vegan beast and it says compassion. Um, and it, it's quite amazing to see how he managed to do all of that on just plant-based diet. Like you don't need more evidence than that, you know? And this guy is not just, okay, just turn vegan for a documentary or have just started looking into it he has been vegan for i don't know how many number of years now and they also show a lot of um a lot of uh, snippets from starting from 1908 when there have been vegan athletes since then right and they show the entire theory of why um there's this one guy um who i can't remember the name now but who started off by putting out this theory that meat is essential if you want to build your body and if you want to have protein and things like that but not everyone was convinced and then they show how many other athletes from the 1900s are into this right we've uh, we've right now the world is just awakening to all this revolution but this has been going on for a very very long time now um so i guess that was that was quite cool um and i say that because i was uh you and i just um were watching joe rogan um he also had a bit of a um, face-off with patrick Baboomin on um uh, they kind of had this fight over vegan versus non-vegan and Joe Rogan was like, you're full of bullshit and the other guy was like, no, you are and so on. Um, but Joe Rogan obviously wanted to, uh, Joe Rogan being Joe Rogan, wanted to ride on the popularity of the Game Changers and started and had an episode to debunk 
the game changers because otherwise he wouldn't have the originality to do so so he mentioned that you know uh, during the game changers you're showing all these athletes and you're doing these tests on them but the fact is that we we don't have evidence and you're like but there are athletes like patrick and arnold and all these people who've been doing it for years what more evidence do you need they swear by it uh, they're s- mentioning that their performances have changed carl lewis mentioned somewhere that at age 30 he gave his best performance ever in his life on a plant based diet um, and this was obviously a next number of years ago so that's that's enough evidence to convince you that yes plant based diet is the right way to go So you know I mean one of the first times I heard about Patrick Bobby in fact was uh, because of Harvey who had been on our show like last year when we were talking about stereotypes in in the thing and you know we were talking about men again it was sort of similar conversations around gender and all that mm-hmm. and how Harvey who's someone who who loves bodybuilding and he loves toning and working out and all that and so he was kind of saying that you know it's kind of rubbish that uh, what 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 is this dumb link that we've established between um uh, weight uh, weight training masculinity and 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 having an eating meat is like it's rubbish look at patrick william that was he was he used patrick as an example uh and so you know again for for people who haven't watched perhaps or whatever i mean uh, patrick william recently broke world records in terms of you know lifting 550 kilos across 10 meters and uh i think i just saw now it's his 560 That's kilos what they for on the yeah 160 kilos for 28 seconds again being like world records when it comes to you know in terms of strength um i i think it's i mean and I, he makes the point and a couple other people make the point as well i think james milks make that point as well right it's like, it's so funny like you hear these things is saying as strong as an ox guess what <laughs> ox is a vegetarian like ox is a vegetarian um or we look at figures of people like i mean a figure of animals like the gorillas and and those kind of things and again it's like this thing where you're like you know or an elephant right like these tremendous animals who are vegetarian which is crazy if you think about it right like the fact that you know we think that being big and doing all those things requires you to eat meat which is just a little bit nuts he consumes he consumes 5000 calories of vegan food every day 5000 <laughs> so they they also captured the entire ancestors ate meat aspect to it i don't know if you if you remember um and they were they they actually spoke about how they did a bit of more digging uh, um and they found out that most of our ancestors were vegetarians and they relied heavily on vegetarian food of course they ate a little bit of meat here and there um but uh, predominantly vegetarians and then they spoke about how human bodies are designed to be um plant based and not animal based um we they they spoke about our uh, vision compared to let's say a lion who can only see dual colors uh, or black black and white whereas we have the ability to see colors uh, which uh, from the hunter gatherer time we were more um you know well versed with looking at bright colored fruits and vegetables um and then also they spoke about the digestive system that how we have a very different digestive digestive system than a lion um uh, which is more uh, in tune to digest fruits and vegetables and nuts uh, rather than animals yeah so uh, to add to that like so the, the in terms of the bright colors and stuff one of the things again is around differentiation between what fruit is ripe and not ripe and being yeah. able to actually differentiate that yeah. something carnivores cannot do um and then you mentioned the intestine thing as well as also it's also about allowing the body longer duration like the food to be working through our digestive tract for longer so that we we absorb all the different elements of 
a plant-based diet compared to uh, yeah and i mean obviously the closest carnivore that i have uh, been uh, around is my cat right um and they say that you obviously they say that you can't give salt and sugar to your pets because that could be fatal but also a cat would never know the taste difference between salty food and an unsalty food right they can only taste flesh and meat um and but that is the taste bud that we have as humans and we can differentiate uh in that food uh, and another thing that they spoke about how human bodies do not have the capability to produce vitamin C and vitamin C is only uh found in plants and the reason that we are heavily reliant on plants is because we are not able to produce some of these nutrients ourselves um and eventually they spoke about the entire teeth thing that how so they put like um the, the skulls of uh, a carnivore and then then they put the skull of a human and they show the difference between the teeth which in case people haven't seen already we are not carnivores and we do not have canine teeth um and um, obviously a lion or even a cat for that matter has the ability to eat an animal raw and live and tear into the flesh which we cannot do our teeth is more um to bite into fruits and vegetables um so they they actually spoke about all of that in detail on how naturally we are more designed to eat fruits and vegetables so i it it kind of amazes me how people still believe that no you know we're obligate carnivores and no oh, ancestors ate meat and all that jazz um one interesting thing she mentioned that um, this entire thing about ancestors eating meat came from the fact that when they were um archaeologists were kind of digging um and they found a lot of animal bones um so animal bones obviously don't disintegrate right and there were fruits and vegetables that are obviously gone away from there right so they and that's why they couldn't source it and so people started believing that okay we predominantly ate meat but that was that was untrue Yeah and I think uh, what was interesting also and in I think they they focus a lot on Roman athletes as part of the gladiators Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so athletes I think like the sporty people yeah, it wasn't yeah. like the, it wasn't about the royalty it was actually about the athletes and that was the differentiation they they sort of highlighted that um the athletes the gladiators and those kind of people were actually heavily reliant on a plant-based diet which they were able to do based on bone analysis now which is something that they did not have before and therefore they didn't have a way of determining that before so they had to do it based on just the evidence of what they had collected but now they were actually able to scrape bones and and look at the bone density and bone structures and reali- and realize that that was due to uh or that the the kind of bone formation that they had was definitely meant that they were predominantly eating a plant-based diet compared to a meat diet um so it's it's something i think that i think partially it's the the evidence was not understood correctly and partially i think the problem is that they we just we just i think want to believe and we have i think industries that are trying to make us believe that meat is what we did and therefore it's a natural process for us but i mean going back to even the jawline and and stuff like that i mean this is a debate we've had even with people we like yeah but we have canines yeah the teeth are called canines it doesn't mean we have canine teeth uh, with the ability to tear through raw meat like that's the purpose of that the tooth that you're trying to define as a canine tooth is supposed to have that uh, that ability which we do not have we just have teeth that are called canines it's very different from the ability that we don't have teeth that the function of our teeth is not the same as the function of a, like a dog's tooth for example right like it's just it's just one of those funny things um so i think that that's again you know and the, and the, the, by the way studies have been showing this for many years now it is just kind of not mainstreamly accepted in a way that like our our jaw lines and our jaw structures are sim- more similar to things like chimpanzees and gorillas and stuff who, who eat predominantly plant based yeah and if you if you diss the theory then you're just dissing the entire concept of evolution also earth is flat 
I mean, if you believe that we have evolved from apes and apes essentially and not and or you know family of chimpanzees and gorillas <laughs> some of us except haven't <laughs> evolved at all <laughs> chirag just I, i don't know what happened but i got a little static oh you got static i thought you just like banged your nose no, no, in the no, mic I, or something like it was this close in the salir like ouch ouch then like i've got my beard on so it's just like ouch i ha- i hate i hate when that happens i get it every day you when i'm shutting my car well? door Yeah, of course I do. What do you think? Would we women don't have facial hair? Is that what we, is that where we are getting at now? We need another episode on this, please. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions that I need to express. Um, but yeah, I mean if if you if you believe that that theory of evolution exists and Charles Darwin was indeed right, you can't call yourself a carnivore and say, "Oh, lions ate meat, so will I." Yeah, that argument always gets me though. I mean, like, you know, lions live in a jungle and they, you know, shit in the grass like i mean you know it's not really like you can't start comparing yourself like only one way right you have to compare yourself holistically like yeah also uh, if the earth were flat cats would have knocked everything down <laughs> that's not a random thought at all is it <laughs> no it's a social media meme but it's so true <laughs> so um in conclusion <laughs> 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 Indian school ancestry just coming out there. <laughs> LHS is equal to RHS. <laughs> Q E D. Hence. Um the end of the documentary was actually really beautiful according to me. They uh, interviewed uh, this guy called Damian Mander who is the founder of the International Anti-Poaching uh, Foundation and it was it was so amazing to see the kind of work that he is doing right he's training all these rangers to go out there on the field and protect all these animals from poaching and being hunted for their tusks or whatever um and he he makes a statement where he says that you know i was spending my day protecting animals and at night i was putting them in fire to eat them and at some stage i was like wait i'm just full of shit that that was that was I mean, that was his the, words the, right the best example of sort of like cognitive reconnect yeah. right like that yeah. that you that you want and want to be able to see i think that was brilliant actually yeah in just his realization of which is something we talk about a lot right like his realization that uh, i can't distinguish between the animals so either i eat them all and i don't care but if i care so much about preserving animals uh, just because yeah and and he even he even actually clarifies that right he was like i justified it to myself for a while yeah. saying that well you know cows aren't going extinct so it's okay that we kill yeah. them versus say uh, rhinos whom he was initially starting to protect and so on uh but then after a while he realized like he's like i i always knew it deep down that i was just justifying this to myself in this manner but it was not true and i think that that's that was a uh, such a just a great example of that kind of reconnect to be like okay actually you know what this doesn't make any sense at all yeah. Yeah. and he did say that the only way to protect an animal is to by not putting it into your mouth which is which is brilliant right and that uh, that is so true um and i guess i'm glad that they ended this documentary speaking about this particular um aspect of cognitive dissonance and also speaking about how animal agriculture is ruining the planet at the end of the day that is what matters the most um and if people start understanding that their health is secondary and this is it is the planet that we have been given to live on is is of primary concern it is other animals and their well-being 
I mean, at some stage they mentioned about animal agriculture and they mentioned that animals consume six times more protein than they actually give out, right? Which is which is basically you're using all the land, um, all the uh, arable land in this world to uh, farm animals and you're feeding them all the soys and all the corns and all, all the vegetables. I think that was one of the best pieces of data that came out of this documentary. Yeah. Because I realized, I think, this argument gets made a lot. And I've heard this as well among meat eaters, that um, what what are they talking about at the end of the day? You know, to to feed you plants, uh, you know, we have to deforest, right? Because it's your, your plants are, are you you're taking away plants which are so essential to the ecosystem and stuff. It's better that we kill the animals and eat that because at least you're da, 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 da. yeah. And essentially, you're feeding them protein, plant protein, so that you can have that protein instead of just eating the plant protein directly. Right and um, this is this is one thing that I I feel like it's such a simple sentence that you just said and yet you know and as much as I do how many times that argument does not go down no it doesn't not only not only the resources that we're using for animal agriculture right so somebody mentioned uh, on the documentary that there's two thousand four hundred liters of water used for one hamburger just one right and that's crazy but. Also, what a lot of people don't realize is the water pollution that they mention. And they say that the the waste from animals in agriculture is 50 times more than all the human waste in the world that goes into the water. And that's huge because there are 8 billion of us and obviously there's a lot of waste that we create in this world anyway. Can I just say one thing? And I know we've, we've really gone very long with this episode, but this is such an exciting episode, right? But one thing... I want to say to people that are the likes of Joe Rogan, right, whose who's only good trait is his bald head, like shiny, bright like a sun. Um, so um, people keep saying ve- vegan propaganda. Yeah, people keep saying. And he's also mentioned it. Uh, he, he had a three hours long YouTube video of which we only watched probably three minutes or something. And then we're like, okay, this makes no sense to us. Um, but... There is no vegan propaganda. The carrot industry is not coming and telling you start eating more carrots, nor is the corn industry, nor is the strawberry industry. These industries exist. Non-vegans are funding these industries by eating them anyway. The only propaganda that is being happening, all these studies that are being happening about eggs being good for you, dairy being good for you, are from those standard industries of meat, beef, pork, dairy, eggs, chicken. There is no propaganda in saving the environment um there's no propaganda uh, and you know a lot of people give a lot of shit to that little girl Greta Thunberg yeah. she's so influenced by the left wings and you know liberals are crazy and she's doing this and she's doing that well what is the harm if she's talking about making the planet better even if it is being influenced even if there is some kind of a backstory to it or whatever the fact is that this is not a propaganda there are people who have actually seen what kind of deep shit we are in uh, when it comes to um, the environment and the planet and we are just trying to save it as much as we can. Yeah, I have my reservations uh, with regards to her as well but I, I completely agree. I think there are there we have seen so many examples of this not just from a food point of view but many other things where sometimes you need you always need this sort of character to create the movement, you need the character to mainstream things. The fact that she drove so much conversation in in those few days meant something, right? It it was important, I think. Whatever be the reason why you had the conversation, at least it sort of sh- shone a light in 
on the, on the right platforms uh, towards the fact that the environment was being harmed and something had to be done about it. Um, I think overall, I think a documentary like The Game Changers, and I'm telling you this purely because from what I've heard, I've been hearing about vegan documentaries for years from vegans about how, you know, watch this documentary, it'll change your life. Watch this thing, it'll change your life. This is the first time I've heard about the documentary from Meat Eaters. And I think that that is so telling to me personally, just as someone who's observing this, that this perhaps is the right approach to taking, to talking to the, to the kind of people you really need to influence by showing them what matters to them. We've had this conversation on the show so many times about sometimes it's not necessarily just showing a blooded carcass. Uh, uh, the, is that the right way to, to influence somebody? And I think it is in some cases, but I think, like I said, again, for me, the fact that I heard from so many meters, as did you, about this documentary is testament to what it has been able to achieve. Can I go out and play now? <laughs> sure. So um, I think in conclusion, uh, you know, I want to I want to hear from our listeners as well as we always do. If you guys have watched it, tell us what you thought about it. Criticize us if you feel like, you know, you didn't actually enjoy the documentary for whatever reason. Or you don't enjoy Joe Rogan's shiny head. Uh, or you enjoy it, depending on how you feel. Um, but also, I think if uh, I don't, I know I'm guessing not too many mediators listen to our show. But if you are one and you watched it, I really want to hear from you guys too about what you thought of the documentary because I think it had it had an interesting impact. Uh, you can reach out to us by DMing us on Instagram. Generally, that's the dot two at Meetings. Um, and uh, yeah, and you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a comment there. So tons of ways to get in touch with us. Um, you know, find us wherever you feel like finding us. But tell us what you thought. Until then, be nice to animals. Be nice to the planet. Be nice to others, and be nice to yourself. Goodbye. Wow. Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan. No. Hold the door, hold the door, hold the door, hold the door. We have to put this in the episode. <laughs> At the end, as we do. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs>